GrowCFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using GrowCFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the GrowCFO show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and today I've got one of our mentoring team, Tony Shafal, with me. Tony, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. How are you? I'm very well. Very well. And yourself? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. What's, Tony, what, what, I think what brought us to, to record another podcast was that the sorts of things that you're chatting to people about in, in mentoring sessions. And I think we were, we were having a conversation about things that, you know, it was your perspective on something and your perception on something possibly being different to reality in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And we thought that would make a good podcast. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we sort of talked about just before we started recording was around challenging conversations. And we're often in situations with people whereby maybe it's a boss, maybe it's someone who's working for us, not quite doing what, what we want them to do. But we avoid... People often avoid having that challenging conversation. They see it as a challenging conversation. And it's around what is it that's holding them back from being more open, saying what they really thought, because ultimately they need to say something to try and move something in the direction to more to what they want to, to what they want to get out of it, maybe to, to get that task achieved. And very often it is about, okay, well, what is it? What is it that's really holding you back? What 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 you what story are you telling yourself that's preventing you from being more honest to this person? Because actually, in many instances, you probably owe it to them to be more honest. And a, a lot of it comes down to maybe you know. Well, it does come down to that meaning that they're giving it. And it might be well, actually, I don't want to upset them, or I don't want to hurt their feelings. Or I'm scared how they'll react. And very often that's driven by they've done something wrong or they've not done something the way that I want them to do it. And as a result of this, they might feel that they're getting into trouble or they they feel that I'm not telling them what I'm telling them what they should or shouldn't have done. And that as a result, that will that may prevent them because they want to avoid that conflict. But what often I'll maybe have a discussion with them to try and understand, okay, well, what could you do to make it not mean that it would be, it feels like it's going to be a conflict, conflict conversation. What is it that you could do that would make you feel more comfortable actually opening up and being more honest with them? And Something that often comes up is that it's just genuinely being more honest. And what I mean by that is really trying to understand from their perspective, okay, they've not quite done what you envisaged, what you wanted them to do. Instead of maybe saying, well, you've not done this. I need you to do this. Can you tell me when you're going to be doing this? It's really helping understand you. What is it that's stopping you doing this? 
what is it that is preventing you in a, in a non-accusatory way, but what is it that's preventing you doing this? Is there some you need help from me? It's, it's having that openness and that real curiosity to mm. trying to get clarity on what is it that's holding them back. Maybe they are lacking confidence, but they don't want to say. Whatever it is, the more open you are and the more you can create that safe space to invite that openness and honesty, the more you'll get that back. Because if you become, if you don't open that up and you don't invite that space, create that space, they might, they might not quite be sure what they're doing. But you've not created an environment which allows them to share that. So they don't want to turn around and go, I'm not quite sure. I don't really know what I'm doing, hence the reason I've not done it. But actually, if you create more of that on, open and honesty, and actually, a lot of that often comes from yourself as well. But maybe, you know, if it was a challenging if it's a particular task, by sharing maybe that you struggled with that task in the past, that you weren't quite sure how to do it mm. back in the day or whenever it was, it starts giving them that permission that it's okay not to know what you're doing. It's okay to ask for help. You know, you know what, Tony? I think you just highlighted a big area there in the C-suite. And we always say in Grow CFO that one of the one of the reasons we're around is because the CFO's job is so big, has so many different aspects to it, so many things you need to know about that you cannot possibly be an expert at all of them. And you've got to mm-hmm. recognize that. And hey, we'll help you with the things that you're not an expert with and so on and so forth. That's actually probably true in most of the the senior roles in business. Everybody's got that same sort of challenge. And there's there's some sort of defense mechanism built in there that says, hang on, I'm the CIO. Well, I'm supposed to know everything about technology that's possible to know. You're the CFO. Well, of course, you know everything about finance. It's possible to know. Likewise with the, the marketing guys, the sales guys. Then there's the poor old CEO who's supposed to know everything about everything. That is one unrealistic world, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think more, I think it's almost like the more open you can be about not knowing everything, the more that if you're the CFO, the more open you can be the more others will also share their openness and their vulnerability. Well, if, if he or she doesn't know everything, I think it's all right as a CIO if I don't necessarily know everything as well. Hmm. But also what you do with regard to that, you also invite conversation from other people. You might invite conversation if you're talking in the C-suite environment. You might invite conversation from the marketeer or the person in charge of technology. And they might start giving their perspective and they might give a different perspective that maybe there'll be certain aspects of it that you could call on because they're seeing the world through a different eye, through different eyes, through a different lens. Whereas if you're the person who comes across as knowing everything, the person who's not in finance or the person who's more junior it's probably going to be feel less comfortable to share their views. 
because their views might be slightly different. And actually, if he or she knows everything and I've got a different perspective on this, I'm probably going to be wrong. And therefore, I'll hold back from sharing my view because this person knows it all. Whereas if you're more open to the fact that actually I've got my I've got an idea about things, but there are certain areas that I'm not quite sure about. And if you portray more of that open, um, curious environment, you're going to allow people to share their perspectives. Now, their perspectives might not add that much value, but there might be instances where it does. Yeah. You know, Tony, there's something at the back of my mind here, and it's it's both something that I've used when working just myself and something I've used in kind of the consulting environment to get the, the team involved. And rather than saying, can we do whatever it is? Can we do? Well, there are two answers for that. There's yes and there's no. Ask instead, what's the best way of doing? Takes the no answer off the table and gives you various possibilities. It suggests there's, there's, yes, it can be done. And there might be more than one, more than one possible way of doing it, which in turn promotes discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel that that's a very, very powerful way of approaching that what might be difficult conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's about, it's about the mindset. And what I mean by that is you might have an idea about the way it should be done, mm. but it's been genuinely open and curious to the fact that there might be other ways. Yes. Because if you're thinking, this is the way I know, in your mind you're saying this is the way to do it, but I'm going to do the politically correct thing and open it up to the audience. You'll mm. frame it in a way that's not really opening it up. You're opening it up, but you're saying, this is the way we're going to do it. Is anyone get any objections or does anyone disagree? Whereas actually, if you in your mind are really open, you'll frame it in a way that is promoting that discussion. Yeah. It is allowing people to come forward and saying, okay, well, I could contribute. I've got a perspective that's not going to be shut down. That's not going to be dismissed. It's going to be considered. And it also allows you, even although <clears throat> when you think you've got the right answer, you're very much looking for, you're looking for support of that answer. You're, you're going to take all the things, oh, well, yes, he said that, she said that. They're always supporting what my fundamental belief about this situation is. And you're more likely to shut down the things that don't support your belief. Whereas actually, if you're genuinely open, there might be other areas which you really hadn't considered because you're seeing it through your lens, you're seeing it through the finance lens. Yeah. Whereas when you open up from the other lens, other people's, and you're open as the finance person, you'll start to think about things that maybe you know, it might just have been blind spots for you or whatever it may be, but you're genuinely listening and you're seeing other potential ways of resolving whatever situation there is. And you're really open to that, which is promoting them to be 
um, open them to share their thoughts, but you to be open to the different ideas that may not have been consistent with your original thoughts on the mm. issue. I think an awful lot of that as well, Tony, isn't just the conversation itself, but it's it's the culture you create in the organisation. And no, it's one thing that I loved years ago from working for Coopers and Librand in the brief period before they became PwC. <coughs> there was a Coopers culture back then. And yeah, we could be accused of reinventing the wheel every time we did a project. But if you took a project team, everybody from the most senior to the most junior member of that team was regarded to have a valid opinion and should always be listened to. And that was just a fantastic way. And yeah, you'd get people that that have got the, yeah, well, we always do this sort of project this way and here's the X, Y, and Z. And you do get blinkered and think that's the only way of doing it. You open it up and you say, what's the best way of? Well, some other ideas that just might add to your preconception of the whole thing could really make a difference, could really improve what it is you're trying to sort out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think on that, I think there's comes a lot of benefit from the most senior person or the most senior people holding back their thoughts initially mm-hmm. and really allowing the more junior, less vocal people to share their thoughts. Yeah. Because they're more likely, they may have a really good idea, but it might be in conflict or in contrast to what the more senior person is thinking. And if they've heard the most senior person making their point, they might make it in a very open way, but they might be less inclined to want to say something for fear of looking stupid because they're thinking, okay, well, I, I thought something quite differently. And by almost encouraging in that way other more junior, less vocal people to speak and giving them the opportunity to speak first in certain situations, you're more there they've got less of a preconceived idea about what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. They're sharing their thoughts as how they see it. Now it might mm. not be right, it might be right. Yeah. Does it who who knows? But but if know. you're if the first if the if the most senior people all speak first and the three they the first three people speak they're all senior and they all come up with a very similar point the most junior person is far less likely to say something which is which contradicts that even yeah, although it might be a might be a good point again, isn't it oh i've got this idea oh i've just heard three people who are almost senior than me say something different i'm perceiving now that i'm wrong yeah perceiving that i'm wrong doesn't mean you are wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think you're right. I mean, I think it is about creating that culture. It's really creating that culture that really is allowing people. And it and, and maybe it also becomes part of a more open discussion whereby you're almost having a discussion about the discussion. What I mean by that is you might have a regular meeting, 10 of you in the meeting, but then there might be four people who are always vocal. It's the same four in that weekly meeting that are always vocal. 
maybe you actually put time aside to have a discussion. Okay, you six, what do you need to be more vocal? Because we know you've got value. We we know you've got good good ideas, good suggestions, but you don't really bring them to the party. What is it that's holding you back from sharing your opinions truly in the way that you want to? Mm. Now, there's a potential other difficult conversation to the four guys that are vocal. How do you politely tell them to shut up? <laughs> well, then, yeah, I mean, that, that could be that more open and honest. But what is it? Do you realise there's 10 of us in this meeting you four are always particularly vocal. What is it that's what is it what is it causing you to be vocal? What is it that you feel the need to always be speaking? And what are the consequences of you being incredibly vocal? The consequences of not really of, of the other six people not getting their perspectives. And again, it's having that more open, that more honest conversation. It's almost like just seeing, seeing a situation and seeing it in a way that is not, is not judgmental and is not conflict, is not creating some sort of conflict, but it's just about, okay, what is it? You feel you're, you're in certain situations, they might not even realise they're doing it. You know, I, you might be just saying, well, actually, I've been facilitating those meetings and I notice that you guys are always, you in particular, are always very vocal. Do, do you realise that? And it might not even, it might just be just, you know, they go into automatic pilot and they don't necessarily... You know, that, that's, a, that's very true. There's, there's, there's quite often that situation. And I, I think there's a natural tendency along for a lot of the boards that I've worked with Obviously, that's the the chair or the CFO, whichever guy is in is is the the top dog, but kind of of the next level around the table, there's always kind of somebody you'd look at as being first among equals. That seems to have just a little bit of a higher status, and uh, it's possibly looked at by the C- CEO as somebody who's a little bit more informed and a true ally than the others. And that can be something that causes that sort of situation. Yeah, and I think I think it's also, you know, there's an expectation about who's going to speak. Mm. There's almost like that expectation if, if it's the same person who's always speaking, that everyone else in the everyone else in the meeting is almost expecting, okay, this is what they're going to say. This They're going to speak first. This is what they're going to say. And there's almost that unwritten expectation of how the conversation is going to go. Yeah. And maybe sometimes it requires to actually make a conscious decision to change things and maybe, and again, be open about it. Be open about why you're doing it what um what you're going to change and maybe that again will allow people to start thinking differently and being more expressive because we're not necessarily waiting 
for the said person to speak because every meeting they're the first person who speaks. So we'll think about challenging conversation in general and do, do you think there's anything about the the typical finance guy that makes it more of a problem for the finance guy than anybody else? Not sure that it's necessarily, I mean, there will, there will obviously be certain, there'll be certain traits and there'll be certain um, stories that finance people tell themselves that, that maybe that probably come up on a consistent basis. Um, you know, one will probably be around, you know, maybe in terms of managing costs and managing budgets. Mm. And if people, for example, are overspending and maybe you, you have those challenging conversations and you've got that need to have those challenging conversations, it becomes even harder because maybe the person doesn't listen and you're repeatedly having to have it and the more you have it the less they listen the harder it becomes because you start to know that you're annoying them you're telling themselves that you, you're annoying them so I think you know I think there will probably be it's almost like those uncomfortable situations in the work where where do you feel there are certain conflicts that arise on a consistent basis and probably with certain people, with certain people on a consistent basis where the conversation is just uncomfortable. You just avoid it. And quite often, if it's not so bad, we probably invo- avoid it indefinitely. Yeah. And you know, that, co- that cost management and budgeting thing is definitely an area that can come up with conflict. Um, and one one area of consulting that I've been involved in over, over the years is is cost reduction, and particular standard tool you use zero based budgeting. Mm-hmm. So you're going in and you're you're asking whoever it is almost to justify every line of the budget that they want to spend, and you will inevitably get to those things that oh it's their pet project. It's their thing. They feel as though, oh, this zero-based budgeting is cost reduction exercise. Yeah, that's for everybody else, but it doesn't apply to me. Well, you can't possibly include my project in that. Those are certainly challenging conversations when their feeling is that they're definitely going to lose, but you know that what they're doing is all very well, but not a strategic fit with the business. That really is, and it's a conversation that I found tough when I had to do it. And I was on a track when when I, our own company, Michelle, was falling apart after the 2010 election, and we just lost revenue as it was going out of fashion when government stopped spending money. We had to take some huge, huge spending decisions and some very difficult conversations with folk. Mm-hmm. We asked HR to abandon the entire graduate training scheme. That was a tough conversation. Mm. Those, those for me, are the, probably the toughest conversations you'll ever have in finance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's the more, the more 
when you've got an idea, and again, this this comes back to what I was saying about being genuinely open, help them, allow them to become part of the solution. Mm. So you've got an idea that about how you think things should be done. We need to save X amount of money. This is the way that I think we should cut costs. This is the way we, way I think we should streamline it. But this is just my perspective. This is my helicopter view of the business. But as I start to discuss things with the with various departments, I'm going to allow my mind and my perspective on this to be open to changes. And, and allowing them to be part of the solution. This is the broad picture of what we need to achieve. This is I highlight to jury area as a potential opportunity to, to be able to maybe make some of those costs. But it'd be good to get your perspective on it. How do you think, I appreciate you don't, might not have as much of a helicopter view of the business, but how do you think we could start mm. saving money in the way that we need to? I'm not wedded to this particular way. And I'm open to your solutions. I'm open to your perspectives. And as I said before, sort of similar to what we were talking about before, you're probably going to get less resistance because you're not coming with the, right, this is the way we need to do it and you need to, you need to get on board with what I'm suggesting. You are saying we've got to make some tough decisions. I'm looking for some insight and perspective from you as to how we can help resolve this problem. It might affect your area. I'm thinking maybe it would, but I'm open to other areas. You know, I'm there's no right, I'm not coming to you with the answer. I'm coming to you to to get help on what the answer might be, what what the solution might be. And I think, you know, so so by 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 genuinely, and and I and I keep going back to the sort of genuineness. Of it because I think it does need to be genuine. I don't think it can be a all right, a smoke screen for the for the, what you're trying to get out because people are not stupid and people will people will sense if you're just trying to be nice and create this open environment when actually it's just about getting mm. enforcing a decision that you've already made. But if you can genuinely be open, you're going to get them more on board. They're going to help you more try and resolve the issue. And they might give you they might give you different ways that you hadn't thought about it because just because you're in finance, just because you're the CFO, it doesn't mean that you've always got the best answer how to how to introduce cost reduction. Yeah, and going going back into the particular environment, and I I was the finance guy sitting next to. John, the strategy director, a lot of the time we're playing good cop, bad cop as we were going through this exercise. And now you would think about, oh, we're going to see the marketing team today. And we knew in our mind that said, hang on, at the moment, we should be spending zero on marketing. <laughs> we just can't afford it. This is going to be a very difficult conversation. So we, we already had that preconception that it was going to be tough because we knew we were going to get turkeys that wouldn't vote for Christmas. <laughs> but the surprising thing, actually, once we got into that meeting was that 
they'd already realized what the meeting was all about. They were already ready to play the game. They were already prepared to come on board, suggest things, be creative. Um, they'd already been thinking about, well, we can still do some marketing that's going to cost us next to nothing. Look, this is the sort of thing we should be considering. Yes, we can get rid of all those subscriptions to all of those trade bodies. We don't need them anymore. We don't need all this advertising. Um, now, they'd already realized the severity of the situation. And yeah. the only reason it was going to be a difficult conversation was in our minds before we walked into the room. The conversation that actually took place was very constructive and very helpful and threw up some ideas we'd never thought about. Yeah, and I think I think that's that point about it's almost like maybe, and I think that's probably a good example, almost giving them pre-warning about what the call, and I know it didn't sound specifically you'd done that there, but it's giving... Here's the challenges. It would be good. The purposes of this meeting is to really discuss them with you and to discuss, get your ideas on how 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 we can best take forward. You know, in that example of marketing, be creative. Okay, we've always spent X amount on. I want you to really think about how ways in which we could do this with next to no budgets, so that they're coming with ready-made ideas they're coming with ready-made solutions and and that just means that invariably you're getting that more productive discussion you're getting that more productive, and it's not about you telling them what needs to be done and then being disappointed upset or whatever it, yeah. at the bad news that you've told them but actually it's about helping jointly coming up with the solution and and as part of that because you've given them prior warning, it's allowed them, because I guess if, if they had been completely oblivious and it had been completely blindsided them, the conversation would have been, or their thoughts would have been just the shock of having all their budget taken away from. Mm. But actually, they were, by the sound of it, they were pretty aware of that. So it wasn't a surprise and you were able to have a more productive conversation about right, how can we best, we don't have X amount of budget, how can we be, best make utilize, use of your time in order to in order to start generating, you know, the, any return on investment on, on your time to generate the sales or whatever you're using the marketing yeah. for. So I think, I think almost sometimes in certain instances, maybe giving a bit of advanced warning, we're going to be having this discussion about whatever and it would be good to get your perspective on it so that we can start to think about things in advance of the conversation yeah you know the, the the cfo should always be the guy who's involved in this at the center of whatever business change is going on whenever a change is taking place people will always feel uncomfortable people don't like the unknown Mm -hmm. So those difficult conversations are going to come up in a whole number of guises, aren't they? Um, I think one thing I've learned over the years, Tony, is people will always tend to ask one question, what's in it for me? Yeah. 
And the best way of getting any sort of change across to anybody is let them know or try and work out how they feel as though there's something in it for them. Yeah, and I think, and that quite often can get, come to that, help them be part of the solution. Yes. You know, where, where they feel what's in it for me. Well, here's, here's some challenges that we've got. Mm. I'm not mandating this, this and this on you, but I want to, how, how could we get to the same solution that would best help you? Mm. And then they start to feel more included and they start to feel more invested because actually they've ended up creating part of the solution. Yeah. And when and you think change, it always feels uncomfortable, even if it's the best change in the world and it's done for all the right reasons, it always feels uncomfortable. And the first thing to do when you feel uncomfortable is to criticise it and try to revert to what you did before. But if you've got that other person, as you say, involved in the creating the solution, then it's, oh, yeah, this doesn't feel very comfortable, but hang on. Most of this was my idea, so I've got to make yeah. it work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They're not having it mandated. They're not being forced to do it. Yeah, they they've come up. They've come up with they they're partly responsible for coming up with the idea. So mm. as a result, they're far more likely to embrace it. They're far more likely to to make it want to work. And 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 I think I think that whole unknown aspect. Yes, you are moving on uncharted territory. You're not quite sure how things are going to work out when you're part of the solution there's less you're less likely to resist it because mm. it's you don't feel that it's being forced upon you yeah yeah so tony i'm sure we can go on talking on this subject for for hours and hours because that that kind of perception shift in perception everybody's view of a the the one reality you can have four people looking and get four different views of it four different perceptions absolutely yeah, that absolutely. I, I find that whole thing absolutely fascinating but i think yeah i think we've we've talked some good things there and i think the the message that we're taking away is open honest make sure that people realize there's there's a discussion to be had there's more than one way of doing things and make sure the other person feels part of the solution and not part of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And just one and, and curiosity. Mm. Always just trying to see things from their perspective, whether yeah. they where they're coming from, what, what is holding them back, what's their view on the situation from that open and curious perspective. Definitely, definitely goes a long way. Yeah. Tony, that has been fascinating. Thank you very much. No, very enjoyed our conversation.